0: It's the Progress Pod, a production of the Franklin County Coalition for Progress. I'm Pete Mazzoni. For the first time, Chambersburg will be hosting its own Pride celebration this summer. Pride Franklin County will be held this coming Sunday, August 5th, at Wilson College hosted by the Franklin County Equality Center and the Franklin County Coalition for Progress. This free, family-friendly event will be held from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. It will feature music, a kid's space with activities, food vendors, and a beer tent where attendees 21 years and older can drink two free beers. Drag performances will be held and there will be a keynote speech by the first transgender Pennsylvania Secretary of Health, Dr. Rachel Levine. With us today are Nathan Strayer, co-chair of the Pride Festival, and Philip Whitley, who sits on the planning committee and who will be performing and giving instructions on how to hula hoop. Thank you both for joining us today. Thanks, Pete. Thank you. No problem. So let's talk about the festival. What can people expect? And, you know, tell us about the fun. Well, I'm on the planning
1: committee for entertainment, so there's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. Um, We have a wide variety of entertainment coming for you. We have a drag show, and we're going to have two sessions of that, actually. Drag show one is going to be at 1 p.m. to 2 And then they're going to get the crowd ready for me to teach you all how to hula hoop. Okay. (laughs) And we'll have an hour of that. It's going to be very interactive. If you want to learn how to hula hoop, it's definitely something for you. If your kids want to learn how to, we'll just teach you some basics of it. And then some of my friends and I that maybe are a little bit more advanced in hula hooping will put on a little bit of a show for you at the end
0: you're gonna guarantee us we'll we'll be good hula hoopers by the end no
1: guarantees but if it's meant to be (laughs) it's meant to be
0: right (laughs) yeah there you go all right sounds good um let's talk a little bit about uh your backgrounds if we can for a minute i'll start with you nathan um you moved away that's correct to philadelphia i did and what brought you back
2: so I grew up in chambersburg, uh, went through the school system here, graduated, uh, moved away. I lived in Texas for a while, then moved to Philadelphia uh, and then I came back to chambersburg. Chambersburg was always a place near and dear to my heart mm-hmm. um, came back and it was tough because after living in a city and having the freedoms right. and not really having to worry about things it was a little it was a little different coming. What
0: back year here. was this that you came back?
2: I came about. Probably about uh, 2010 is when I moved back to the area. So some things had progressed, but it still wasn't quite the city life. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's been an adjustment. So that's one reason why I was really excited that we're getting something like this going in the area.
0: Yeah, yeah. And how do you feel coming back? uh, Do you feel like the town's attitudes have progressed? Or where do you feel that the town is regarding the LGBT community?
2: So I feel like the attitude has definitely progressed. I also feel that um, a lot of it sits on us in the LGBT uh, community right. because I feel like a lot of us that were born here or raised here kind of had this stigma that, you know, things were one way. Mm-hmm. Moving to an area where it wasn't that way, moving back, I realized that a lot of it is because we aren't really putting ourselves out there. Mm-hmm. We're holding ourselves back. Mm-hmm. We're um, basically allowing it to be the way it is. Mm-hmm.
0: So how do you go about, you know, combating these attitudes and how do you kind of, you know, how do you go about convincing people that, you know, you're just a regular person, that there's nothing there, you know, it's just, just living your life.
2: Right. So I think that's where pride comes in. Um, You know, pride's all about celebrating yourself, Um, you know, being comfortable with who you are and putting it out there, not hiding it from people, but living your life as yourself Mm -hmm. Uh, so, it's why I'm very excited that we're doing this Pride Festival to kind of give encouragement to everyone across different generations to be who you are, be proud of that, live your life. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like we talk about it a
1: lot in our own meetings and whatnot about how it feels so good to be planning something that is kind of for the younger versions of ourselves. Right. We didn't have that. You know, like I'm only 29, so I'm only into like the beginning stages of my adult life. Mm-hmm. And the fact that people that are just fifteen years younger than me are gonna have a way different experience as a like gay teenager in Franklin County than sure, I did. For sure. And it's so like that's what I feel like we talk about is like important with pride is we're successful people living here that happen to be gay. Mm-hmm. And it's not something when when you grow up here I think it's something that you don't see. Right. And I'm very, very excited that a lot of us are getting together and saying, hey, like, come see us. And also, too, like, even just for our parents, like, I think it would be a better environment for if we could go back in time, it would be a better environment for my parents to know, kind of just like, hey, there's this thing going on. And you have this child that you probably you like you, like the signs are there that right. there is some sort of extra fabulous going on, <laughs> so so I would say that like if my parents would have oh, had an outlet or had something that I would have been bugging them to take me to right right, and just like but sixteen year old me didn 't have that like there was nothing going on, there was nothing that I could have said. Hey, I really think this would be good for our family, good for our family's health, just our relationships in general, too, to go somewhere and see other families that are going through, like, raising a gay person in this area or being a teenage gay person in this area. And I feel like that's kind of, like, what we always come back to when we have, like, positive conversations about what we're doing. It's I'm so proud of what we're doing for the younger versions of ourselves.
0: Yeah, for sure. They're able to, you know, meet and interact with people rather than I think and tell me if this is true. you had to look to the media for role models. Maybe like I've heard Ellen's coming out was a big moment for a lot of people. They could say, all right, you know, there's somebody, you know, I used to secretly watch real world. Yeah, like, <laughs> like real world New Orleans was kind of
1: my like secret, like my mainstream. I don't remember medium. that one. Who, which what? his name was Danny. Oh, okay. And he like <laughs> he was like one of the, he was an openly. You gay. said that lovingly. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I I hope Danny's doing well. Yes, yeah, so we <laughs> I, we need to find out what he's up to. No. Okay. But I think that it was. Interesting as like a younger person that was the first gay person I remember seeing mm-hmm. on TV that every week there was something new and it was just like you just got to see what was going on in his life and MTV did a good job of kind of just like this is like a young gay man and he was a little like at that time I feel like he's probably like six years older than I was at that time and that was cool like I didn't know anyone who was a 20-something openly gay person living in a metropolitan area. And it was like, I had to see that through TV. That was my only sure visual of that.
2: And I know another thing, uh, Will and Grace, that was huge for me uh, when I was younger because it was a, a show that I could watch and relate to, but my parents were watching it next to me. So it was very On nice to see... On a different level, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but it was very nice to see them responding to it and not. it made me feel accepted without even saying anything to them Mm -hmm. um so that was a it was a comfort Mm -hmm. it was nice so so
0: let's if we could um let let's talk about your coming out stories maybe we could start with you uh nathan you could tell us kind of how it came about and just you know let us tell us the story
2: so i was in high school uh here in chambersburg when i you know came to terms with everything and realized that i wanted to be myself i wanted to let people know i was tired of you know, having a, a girlfriend and you know playing along with what I thought should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I sat down with the counselors at the school and the principal, and uh, we had my mom in, and they they were there. As I told my mom, and she took it very well. Um, things were great. However, the school, not so much. Um, okay. it was kind of put to me that the school wasn't ready for that.
0: The um, school wasn't ready.
2: Correct. It was. It was just. It was an inconvenience, uh, to them. So I ended up, and this is not something I share with a lot of people, but, um, you know, I feel like I'm at a point in my life now where I can be proud of what I have, but so they put me in alternative schooling, hmm. which in my time was just not some place that someone like me would go. Um, so I finished my senior year doing alternative schooling. I was, able to go to prom and things like that but it was there was just a big difference and I lost some friends over it because their parents wondered why I was going to alternative schooling was it drugs did I do something wrong when really it was just me wanting to live my life Um, so that was a lot of the reason why I wanted to move away from Chambersburg I wanted to kind of get past all of that Um, it it bothered me for a long time Um,
0: now that was a decision by at the high school yes I gotta admit I'm kind of shocked by that (laughs) that they would remove you from the entire school
2: yes and they but they waited until after we finished the fall musical because i was a lead in that so that was important
0: (laughs) are you this this is almost like fiction i cannot believe this This is this is very
2: this is very accurate
0: wow wow so i understand why you wanted to get away then i mean that there must have been a sense of rejection there that
2: oh absolutely you're not wanted here absolutely
0: You're, you're causing trouble did you find with your your friends or other students that there were any issues
2: No, I mean, you know, there's always going to be someone say something, no matter who you are. Um, But overall, I mean, I had a very large group of friends, you know, I was active in Glee Club and, Mm -hmm. you know, the plays, um, all of that stuff. So uh, it was just, it was mostly the school.
0: Interesting. So then you graduated and you uh, moved to Philadelphia, went off to college or?
2: I actually, I was taking a year off, thought I was going to go to college and ended up getting into business and kind of worked my way, um, Mm -hmm. around the college thing. Um, Sure,
0: sure. Well, it's not a necessity. (laughs) And then at some point you looked back at Chambersburg and felt something pulling you.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was tough because I moved away and I lived in Texas for a while away from my family. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of that was because I wasn't sure how my entire family was going to take things. It was a slow rollout to my family, you know, Mm -hmm. telling my mom first and then, you know, an aunt and an uncle here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, so finally in my early twenties is when, I kind of told the entire family, and then I realized, you know what, they're accepting this, you know, even the ones that are very religious and I thought would have the biggest problem with it, everyone accepted it, so I was, maybe I want to be closer to my family now. Oh, that's great. Um, So that brought me back to the area.
0: Great, I'm glad it ended well. Philip, want to tell us your story? Sure, absolutely.
1: Um, I was adopted when I was three days old. I was kind of a planned adoption. My parents are very religious, and through their religious organization, they had kind of got in contact with my biological mom so that's how i became with my my adopted family Mm -hmm. and they moved here when i was young and was pretty much raised here i went to elementary school here in chambersburg but because of their religious beliefs and a lot of the traveling that my dad did as a traveling speaker they put me in a like homeschool kind of cyber school program mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i would take the local testing and whatnot at the high school and i did meet a few people through that like but i didn't have a lot of friends that went to school here right. um when i turned 16 around that time is when i really started i, I was very sheltered until that time in my life mm-hmm. um once i was allowed to work and kind of get out there and be social i started to make friends and from there, I was so blessed with an amazing group of girls that were just pivotal in my coming out mm-hmm. experience. Mainly because, my at the time, my parents and their religious beliefs, I think it was just, it was a very difficult situation for our family. Can be. Um, so these girls that kind of just rallied around me and I mean I met them all when I was kind of like 15 16 right when I first started working I was dying to work like the day I turned 16.
0: Where'd you go get a job?
1: I got a job at Perkins Bakery here in Chambersburg. Awesome. And I was the host with the most (laughs) (laughs) and I had a lot of pride in that job and I just met some of like I'm still such good friends with a lot of the girls that I met there and they were my protectors honestly when I've always been an extra person and had a lot of personality to me. It was kind of in my religious upbringing that showed, but I definitely knew that I was different and it was a struggle to grow up with confliction. Like I had a lot of love for how I was raised and there was a lot of good that the religious community did. But at the same time it wasn't accepting of who I knew I was. Right. And I would say by the time that I was ten, like I knew that I like emotionally didn't have that type of like connection mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I should be according to the Bible and according to like according to the teachings that I had been raised around. Right. Right and by the time I started to be social and come out to my friends, that was kind of the start of everything. And I was kind of living two lives. Um My parents, I feel, also had a a ignorance is bliss type of approach. denial. Yes. And it was my actual, like, it wouldn't even say it was, like, a coming out story because it was, I was out to a lot of my friends, but, like, my parents, like, telling my parents was a, my grandmother had moved in with us because she had Parkinson's and we were taking care of her and she had her own little bedroom set up and I would help my mom every night just move her around and whatnot with her positions. And earlier in the day, my dad had had an altercation with her neighbor about landscaping and a retaining wall. Oh, and it got really, really heated. Yeah. And through that altercation, my neighbor said some, a few choice words to my dad, and one of them was, uh, can I, am I allowed to curse? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of them was, fuck you and your faggot son. And that definitely set my dad off. And like, I wasn't home when that happened, so I didn't know. And my dad was like nowhere to be found. I like came home and I'm like, just helping mom mom get my grandma ready for bed. And she goes, so did you hear what our neighbor said about you? And I said, no. And she brought it to my attention. And I was just, at this time, I think I was 17, almost 18, it was winter time. January, I turned like 18 that February. And I just kind of, like, like grandmother's, like, Parkinson's. And she's just, like, looking up. It's like, she's mentally there, but physically, like, she's just not quite there. Right. And I'm looking across from my mom, and I just kind of, like, was like, Mom. And she said my name. And I just kind of was like, I just felt at that point in time in my life, I was just, I had all of these girls that, like, loved and supported me and were, like, bringing out who I was as a person and I didn't wanna be held back anymore. Right. And I didn't realize how hard life was gonna be without the support of your parents, but I kinda of just, across the bed, with my grandmother there watching, was just kind of like, yeah. yeah like, yeah. And just had that moment and my mom just had, like, tears rolling, and my grandma looked up at me, and she's, like, shaking, and she just kind of, I just felt like she just, like, told me, like, good for you, like, because she was a oh, right sassy on. person. I feel like she, like, I felt like she was kind of just like, I'm glad I was here for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it was just, I mean, a very tense moment, and basically because of their religious beliefs, things quickly changed in my life. So talking it over with the church, like and my dad is like their kind of like church leader, providing overseer, and it was something where I feel like they had to go a little bit harder on me too because of his position. It was I feel like they he couldn't. was
0: a leader in the uh, in their work. Community.
1: Yes, and I feel like they were a little. I, he couldn't really show any sort of softness with me. Hmm. I feel so at seventeen. I mean. At that point in time, I was turning 18 the next month. So basically 13 days before I turned 18, I was informed that all of my financial help was going to stop and that I was going to need to like find housing arrangements and I was going to need to start paying for my car, which was kind of gifted to me. And it was just a lot all at once, mm-hmm. but through the support and just kind of like the turn, it really like set a fire yeah. off in of me yeah. in my life and it's just through the support of these amazing women that are still in my life now
0: mm-hmm.
1: and kind of like a and like really really important like figure who I feel is like kind of like my adult adopted mom who just really like stepped in mm-hmm. and was just like I'm sorry that this is happening and was just there for me.
0: So that support system was everything to you.
1: It was beyond it still is. Like yeah. to this day still is. Yeah. And a lot of them will be at pride and are volunteering at pride and are so proud of me and just like the outpour of support from them throughout my life and especially now Mm -hmm. has been what has allowed me to be a productive person
0: have you been able to have any kind of for lack of a better word healing with your your father and your your family
1: yeah thankfully um it took a lot of time Mm -hmm. um 18 to probably like 25 Mm -hmm. was not either wasn't a lot of communication Mm -hmm. But I think just through growth and like time really does heal a lot. I think that we came to a beautiful understanding of just where everyone stands mm-hmm. and they're proud of who I've become as a person. And I tell them all the time too mm-hmm. that my religious upbringing is really what has instilled like a sense of volunteering mm-hmm. in me still as an adult. I mean, I became involved with the Rotary Club because I like wanted something that I could volunteer with. Oh, cool. And I feel like all of the hard work and volunteering with pride you know what I mean I it's funny that I feel like a lot of the drive that I've put into pride came from my religious upbringing and a lot of the good that they taught me Mm um I had a wonderful like closure moment with my mom Mm -hmm. where it was just I kind of felt like I had a lot of anger and of course It was just, it was very, like, and I felt like she just didn't know. There was, like, lack of communication for years, and she didn't know how to parent Mm -hmm. and be, like, the God-fearing woman that she is and, like, not risk her spirituality Mm -hmm. and still be my parent, if you will. Mm -hmm. And to just have a moment, like, I kind of just put it on the table and was just kind of like, I felt like you were not my mom for a while.
0: It sounds like she kind of quit being your mom for right. a while,
1: And I and to say those words too, I said I felt like you like stopped that because and like and it was because she didn't know what to do, you sure, know? sure,
0: and she was caught between a rock and a hard right? place. And
1: we just had like a very emotional conversation and moment, and we have had a better relationship since then. Oh, and great. it's like we can have communication, and she's met my, my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. Grown, It's not a close relationship. And it's one of those things, too, that I feel like in life sometimes you just have different chapters and relationships yes, with people. definitely. And I've had – it's like I have never even met the people that brought me into this world, created me, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, my biological parents. And then I had these amazing parents from birth, basically, to when I just started to become more of myself. And it just because of religious conflict, basically, mm-hmm. they just didn't – know how to handle who i was Mm -hmm. and then there was kind of a little bit of a like a new family that started with these amazing women that have like looked out for me and given me that oomph and just Mm -hmm. really been there and at the same time too i like feel like i can communicate to my adoptive parents as well that's great and they celebrate the new like the ups in my life with me
0: so if you were talking to a younger person today and they were saying, you know, look, I'm I'm feeling like this pivotal moment has arrived. Uh, what kind of advice would you give? Take
1: deep breaths and love yourself and just know that being who you want to be and who you are inside is worth everything. Mm-hmm. I went from so comfortable, and before my like, coming out situation, I was so comfortable. I'm an only child. I was spoiled. Right. And... I lost all of those comforts and it was just like the best thing that's ever happened to me it's made me so strong and you can do it you will do it and the reward of being who you are especially if you weren't able to be through the earlier parts in your life Mm -hmm. will more than take care of everything in between like just take the leap and do it and i've just like in my experience i've just found that everyone even in a small town like the world in general has been supportive if you're just a good person and it's really like you're right. just living your true self people will support and love you right. and
2: that's the biggest thing um, you know looking back the most important thing is just be true to yourself right because right. though there's going to be some people in your life that might not understand or might not <clears throat> support the world in general as you said Philip is going to be there for you mm-hmm. I mean I've seen that more times than not that there's a lot more people that are going to be there and have your back than wouldn't. It's not It's not always easy but as long as you're true to yourself that takes so much off of you.
0: Yeah, and I think some of those people that maybe fall off that may be for the best. Absolutely. You know, if they can't accept you for who you actually are then you just have to keep moving forward in life.
2: Absolutely. And I know I've experienced some people fall off and then in a little bit of time those are people coming back like begging to get back in mm-hmm. because they realize that you know, there's there's two sides to this movement, and which side are they going to be on? And now they want back into that life. And
0: they want to be on the right side right. of history. Exactly. So addressing the religious question, I mean, this is a thorny one. Um, I mean, how do you feel like your mother and your father kind of overcame, you know, what they would argue would be religious objections to who you are?
1: I feel like they. I don't think it was any sort of overcoming. I think it was more coming to an understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming to it, learning a way to lovingly communicate to someone who maybe lives a lifestyle that you despise, per se.
0: That's a strong word.
1: I mean, that's uh, religious people have strong feelings and mm-hmm. beliefs.
0: Mm-hmm. They do, they do. I've always been a little confounded by that because the New Testament is so full of, you know, love thy neighbor, do unto others, all these positive things. And I feel like sometimes there's this clinging to these individual tiny passages in the Old Testament that you know kind of they plant their flag on that hill and maybe they shouldn't you right. know so alright let's go move back into talking about the festival I want to hear about the art of hula hooping now how did you get started in this and who's better you or uh,
2: Nathan oh well, this is totally his thing <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got
1: started with actually one of these amazing women that I was telling you about earlier happens to be a great hula hooper. And I would say about three years ago, she had a great little dinner at her house. And I had a few glasses of wine. Oh, boy. And she has their professional hula hoops. They're not super expensive, but they're weighted properly made with love and wow. care. So like pro they, gear. Yes, they definitely work. I mean, if you do something like golf or like even Frisbee golf, you know, a regular Frisbee versus a, yeah. something that was made for it. It's definitely going to be a world of difference. So dinner party, had a glass or two of wine. I see these like awesome hula hoops that she has. And I've seen her do all sorts of amazing tricks and whatnot with them. So I just picked one up and I just started the basic hula hooping. She gave me a little bit of instruction on it and it just, it clicked. It felt fun. And I was like, you're natural, right? I just, I like this. So I bought my own and then I never like put it down and (laughs) I just, it just became something that I do every day, almost like yoga, like a Uh daily, like kind of like moving meditation, Mm -hmm. if you will. And I've just, in three years, I've become really, really good at it. I bet. I bet. And I think that everyone kind of needs a little bit of sort of like moving meditation in their day. I think it's really, really good for your spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, And I hope that here at Pride that I can really like teach a lot of people. How to do it. You're going to watch a lot of people try, that's for sure. Exactly. And even if they're not that good, I promise I'll put on a good show for them.
0: Okay, great. Some of the other entertainment, uh, we're going to have some uh, drag queens. Now, for those who aren't familiar, uh, what kind of shows do they put on? What kind of entertainment are they going to be bringing to the table?
2: All right, so our drag queens, I mean, they're going to be performing to uh, different songs. They are all choosing their songs and sending them into us. Uh, so they'll be doing like a lip sync um, performance. Uh, they'll be all done up, uh, different costumes, makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll perform to the songs. Um, it's it's a very fun thing to see. Mm-hmm. Of course, seeing it in a club is going to be a lot different than seeing it at a family-friendly event. Right. Um, you know, in a club atmosphere, they'll kind of work with the crowd and talk with them. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, there's some banter back and forth and so forth. But we are keeping this family friendly, so all the songs have been approved by the committee um, to make sure that they are all... PG. Yes, exactly.
0: Well, for people who haven't been to a drag show, um, you know, it can be a lot of fun. I mean, they're very... uh, Tons of fun. Yeah, it can be a lot of fun. And in talking about that as well, and going out and getting some of the sponsorships, was this a sticking point?
2: So... In the beginning, the drag show was something that some people were kind of concerned about uh, because they hadn't really experienced it. Right. And it's just one of those things, again, where in in a town where you aren't used to some of these things, like you have to educate um, so we put it out there, and we explained to them what you know the drag show would be like, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And now we've we've really seen a turnaround on it. So mm-hmm. some people have gone and looked at YouTube videos, and so forth. And yeah, they saw now it's
0: comedy, and they're right.
2: they're funny, and exactly, it's a great form of entertainment. So now it's actually becoming a thing that people are like, we're coming because there's drag queens. So <laughs> it has good. had quite the turn.
1: Good, good. And I am so happy that Nathan really like tried so he really really put his effort into making sure that we were going to have a drag show because i just i think that it's for us it's something that's just kind of like iconic for a pride yeah like like there aren't there aren't many prides that don't have that type of performance it's kind of like our people's
2: form of it's like one of our
1: expressions of art
2: honestly right when i tell friends that live in cities that we were going to have a pride but possibly not a drag show they're like then that's not pride oh really (laughs) you gotta get it done right
0: Um, One other major thing I want to get to is the keynote speaker. Um, The keynote speaker is going to be Dr. Levine, who is the uh, physician general for the state of Pennsylvania, the first uh, trans woman to take this position. Um, She's a very accomplished uh, individual. As physician general, Dr. Levine made significant strides combating the opioid epidemic and advocating on behalf of the LGBTQ population um, among other things, she spearheaded the efforts to establish opioid prescribing guidelines and establish opioid prescribing education for medical students. She's also done work for the LGBTQ community. So that was a real get right there to have her come speak. Do you have any idea what uh, topic she's going to be addressing?
2: Um, we, we have not received word exactly what she's going to be speaking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to what you just said, we were super excited. I
0: imagine. When
2: her uh, office confirmed that she, she would be coming out to mm-hmm. us um, one thing that we really wanted to do with Pride is not just have it as a fun event for us to, like, celebrate and, you know, have a good time. Right. We also wanted to add some education in there, um, education for the LGBTQ community as well as our allies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just another way of putting someone else out there to say, look, you know, here's someone from this community who is doing great things with their life, right. who is helping, you know, people all across the state. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, it was very important to us to find somebody who, you know, would be a spotlight to show like Mm
0: -hmm. so in speaking about educating the community what are you really addressing here what does the community need to know that they don't know
2: i think the biggest thing there what i'm what i'm meaning is that we're everywhere around you every day we're here we're your doctor we're your dentist we're your daycare provider teacher Mm -hmm. server i mean we're in every aspect of your life there's A person from the LGBTQ community Mm -hmm. whether they're out and they tell you or not they're still there Mm -hmm. so we're just kind of putting it out there and let the community know like you're beside us every day Yeah, right. so right. you know it's, it's not changing anything
1: yeah. and not just for the community too but like we had talked about before for our younger versions of ourselves like maybe there's some people that can't even come to pride but just seeing it and knowing that oh wow there is a group of people that are successfully living their lives happily and are supported by the community that's so important I think in every community for people that are in the closet out of the closet in general it's good when you're a person that is kind of a minority mm-hmm. or a unicorn in your community, like when you're different, <laughs> yeah. it's so amazing and refreshing to see a group of people that share those differences mm-hmm. come together and then on top of that be supported by our allies. Right. And that,
2: that was the worst as a teenager coming out. I thought I was the only one. Yeah. I perhaps. would look around the, you know, the, the town and think there's, there's no way anyone else here is gay. Yeah. It's just me. I'm by myself
0: my god that must have been frightening
2: oh it was it was it was crazy i mean i knew that there was people in harrisburg or dc or baltimore oh, sure in the big cities but yeah, not here but not here i was like how they could were that, here. how could that be possible yeah right. so i mean it it's it's huge and like that back to the education like showing people there are a lot more people in this area mm-hmm. than you would think
0: would would the correct term be normalizing in other words, you know, the yeah. gay community is yeah. not, yeah. you Absolutely. know, just yeah. normal people <clears throat> living normal lives. I mean, that's the kind of word right. I've always thought of. The goal would be normalcy. Right. This isn't weird. This is just what's happening.
2: Something
1: right. that my partner and I experience a lot is we'll tell people that we're, we've been together seven going on eight years. And people are surprised by that. Just because we're gay, sometimes because right. oh, like, oh, like wow, like mm-hmm. wow, like you all, and, and that's just—I mean, that's just something. It doesn't offend me, but that's something that I have experienced, and that's just something that—that's not normal to a lot of people, and something that takes them aback when they hear like, "Oh, wow, like you're in your 20s and you've been with the same person for seven years mm-hmm. and you're gay." Like, yeah. that's like it shocks some people.
0: So that that goes to stereotypes and knocking down stereotypes. I mean, what are some of the other stereotypes that really need to be addressed and, you know, put to rest?
2: I mean, I definitely think that's one of the
1: larger ones. I feel like sometimes we talk about stereotypes that need to be addressed within our own community sometimes. And just our own community being more welcoming sometimes. And I think that that's, like, great for pride because all facets of our community come together for it. Where outside of having like events like this there's not a lot of mingling really with us I mean we live in a small town and first off there's not a lot of us that are out and open you know Mm -hmm. and it's not like we have like a gay bar or anything here to go to yet (laughs) (laughs) and it's Sometimes I think that that causes a little bit of clickiness and separation within our own community because we don't have outlets to get to know one another. We don't have outlets to see one another. So a lot of times, sometimes a lot of gay people in our area don't have gay friends or don't know gay people in the area. Or another thing to think about, too, is like working on the visibility of it. It is... It's not a problem that I would say that I like feel like endangered or anything if we go out as a, a group of us, right. okay. But I can tell you that like we don't go unnoticed, and right. that that's uncomfortable.
0: You have to pick and choose where you go and show up. I imagine, and not
1: even that we have to pick and choose, but it's just a, it's it doesn't matter really where you go. You are going to be noticed if there's more than four of you. Right. You know, right. like if there's six of us that were to go anywhere it would be noticed within the restaurant sure. and I, and that is some that's uncomfortable for some people in our community that are gay or even if they're openly gay it's something that people are mindful and it's not they're not used to seeing right. in our area and any time that you're doing something that people are not used to seeing it's a little uncomfortable at first so i feel like that has been the whole goal Pride is just kind of like let's just be seen, like let's be out there, like let's help our community be even more comfortable and accepting of the LGBTQ community. Well
0: the good news is is that all polling shows the younger generations are shedding these old attitudes and so moving forward things are gonna change for the better. We are out of time, but I wanna thank you both so much for joining us on the show today. Uh, I look forward to the Pride Festival, and everybody should come out. It's going to be a wonderful time, lots of fun, great people, great entertainment. Um, I'm going to pass it over to producer Jeremy to remind us of
3: the times and dates. Uh, Pride is this Sunday, August 5th, from 11 to 5, right? Correct. Okay, and um, the only other thing I have is um, the next second Saturday, Common Grounds is going to be on August 11th. And that's at the Coil Free Library downtown Chambersburg from 10 a.m. until noon in the Conservatory. And on August 11th, they'll have Andy Stodelmeyer, who is the director of the Borough of Chambersburg's Municipal Separate Storm Sewer System, or MS4. And, oh, that uh, sounds exciting. <laughs> <laughs> the purpose of that new utility at the borough is to improve water quality. So it's, it's a new undertaking. It's pretty interesting. So he has a good presentation that you'll want to hear. Again, that's uh, August 11th. Okay. So more information on the Common Ground Speaker Series and more information on the Franklin County Pride event can be found online at FCCforprogress.org. That's the Franklin County Coalition for Progress website. FCCforprogress.org. Sounds that's good. That's all we have. All, all right, right, thanks we'll again for joining us. see again everybody this Sunday. Thank you, well. See thanks. you Sunday. Thank you.